listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined by Dr. Hanala Lane with Intermountain Healthcare. Thanks for being with us. Hi, thanks for having me. We are talking about something that um, I think that, you know, as a woman and we get pregnant, we get very excited about our pregnancy and we expect to be feeling glowing and happy and carefree in the sense um, and then sometimes morning sickness hits and we don't feel any of those things. <laughs> we feel nauseous. Right. We feel tired. Um, we feel like we don't want to do a thing. Um, and so we are talking right. about morning sickness in this episode and kind of how to get through it. Um, and you are going to guide us through that. So... Of course, we know morning sickness can be common. Not everyone will experience morning sickness. And it can be, it can be kind of out of the blue sometimes for women also. You can have morning sickness with one pregnancy and then maybe not have it for another or vice versa. What are That's some, right. of, what are some of the, uh, you know, things you tell women when it comes to, um, morning sickness and um, how it can kind of be undertreated. So the first thing I always recommend is small, frequent meals. Somehow getting hungry worsens the nausea. And any other time in our lives when you're nauseated, you don't want to eat. And so it's very counterintuitive for people to make a point to eat when they're feeling nauseated. Um, but small frequent meals make a big difference in how severe the nausea feels and um, kind of keeping it at bay. Um, I also recommend calling if things aren't manageable or aren't improving because once you get behind, it's much harder to get on top of it um, because by then you're feeling much more nauseated. You might be getting dehydrated and... Um, so calling early for help is the right thing to do. Yeah, absolutely, because you can get to a point, I know some women can get to a point where they're feeling so sick, so nauseous, so tired that they then become dehydrated, uh, they're not right. eating, um, and so it gets to a point where uh, a hospital visit almost becomes the next step in regards to getting those fluids back, getting IVs and the last thing we want is for someone to get to that point. Right, right. Um, sometimes uh, we can do some IV hydration in clinic. That really depends on um, your doctor's practice. Um, so it's not that you always have to go to the hospital if you get dehydrated. There are some other options. Um, but absolutely, uh, things can get bad enough that you have to get hospitalized. Thankfully, that's rare. Yeah, absolutely. But morning sickness isn't necessarily rare for women. You say 50 to 80% of pregnant women experience some sort of type of morning sickness, whether that's nausea or full-on 
you know, having to lose your breakfast after you had it. Right. And it includes being sick in the morning or in the evening or all day long. Yeah, I was going to say, it is kind of rude that they just call it morning sickness because there are women that have it all day long. They're like, no, no, it's not just in the morning. This is all day sickness. Right. Some people really suffer uh, throughout the day for weeks Yeah. Um, instead of just in the mornings. So what causes it? Because it can be different pregnancy to pregnancy and, of course, woman to woman. So uh, mm-hmm. why? So we definitely think that the hormones of pregnancy are involved. You have a big surge in hormones in the first trimester. And part of the reason we think that that's a piece of the story is that we know that it's more common when people are pregnant with twins or triplets or more because they have more placenta making more hormone. And so it makes sense that uh, hormones are a piece of the story if it's dose dependent. Oh, sure. Um, So we think that evolutionarily it may be a protective effect also. If you are nauseated, you are going to be cautious about what foods you eat and you might avoid consuming something that could be toxic to the early development of the fetus. Interesting. Uh, so I have a couple common myths about morning sickness that I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. True or false questions. We've kind of touched on them a little bit, uh, but one of them being morning sickness only occurs in the morning, and that's false. Absolutely. It can occur uh, in the morning, in the evening, all day long. It can come and go throughout the day, and um, it can last for weeks, and sometimes it gets a little bit better, and then sometimes it gets worse again. The next question, and I think a lot of people think of morning sickness as being something that is, it's just early on. It's, we find out we're pregnant, we're getting this morning sickness. So true or false, it resolves after the first trimester. That is false, unfortunately. For many women, it gets better at the end of the first trimester. But for some women, it continues. And most women will be better by mid-pregnancy, but some women have it all the way through. And there's a small subset of women that actually get worsening nausea again late in pregnancy. It's adding insult to injury, isn't it? Right. (laughs) When you're having all the other discomforts of the end, to have the morning sickness back is not nice. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then true or false, uh, it harms baby. No. In fact, women who have more morning sickness and really actually have a lower miscarriage rate It's a very thin silver lining when you're feeling so miserably, but I try to encourage women to know that there is a good outcome from having all that nausea. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to morning sickness, what can increase your risk of maybe having a more severe form of morning sickness? We talked a little bit about, you know, twins or triplets having the multiples in regards to pregnancy. That can kind of give you a little uptick in severity, but what are some of the other things that can increase it? Right. So some people have uh, clearly a genetic predilection toward uh, morning sickness. So some families have, you know, all the sisters and moms have morning sickness during pregnancy. So there's clearly some genetic component. Um, And people who get motion sickness are more likely. uh, And sometimes people that get migraines are more likely to get uh, morning sickness as well. There's some evidence that being pregnant with a female fetus can uh, increase the risk as well, interestingly. Which I always thought was just kind of a old wives' tale. You know, and morning sickness is so common, obviously it's not going to help you know whether you're pregnant with a male or female. <laughs> but, <laughs> but 
there seems to be some genetic piece of it just by the sex of the fetus. Interesting. So we, so if we have it, um, what are some easy ways to try to reduce it? I, I'm sure we can't just make it completely go away, but how can we try to reduce it? Right. So small frequent meals is really helpful. People seem to find that dry, bland things are helpful. So crackers, toast, I have heard baked potatoes, just plain baked potatoes can be helpful. Um, nothing that is spicy or acidic, uh, those things tend to make it worse. It's also really helpful to stay hydrated. And some people are feeling so nauseated that they're not um, able to keep food down. But if you can at least keep some fluids down, that can be helpful. And you want to avoid having glass of water or a liquid all at once because somehow when you get a really full stomach that also can make you feel more nauseated and have a higher risk of throwing up so taking small sips regularly can be helpful and if you're not able to keep down foods drinking something like Gatorade or Powerade that has electrolytes has some calories in form of sugar um, and the fluid for preventing dehydration can be really helpful. And what about ginger or ginger ale, ginger capsules? Mm -hmm. Can those help kind of mm -hmm. settle the stomach too? Yeah, ginger is a natural option that people can use. So you can get capsules. Um, it's recommended to have about 250 milligrams up to four times a day if you do the capsules. Um, some people like to have ginger chews. So there are, you know, you can have candied ginger. Um, there are a number of products made for pregnant women that are you know, lozenges or lollipops that are ginger flavored. You can drink ginger ale, but you want you want it to have actual ginger in it. You don't want it to be ginger flavored soda. You want it to actually have the ginger in it. And some people make tea with ginger. Um, you can get teas that have ginger or you can um, cut up fresh ginger and uh, make a tea with it. Okay. And then what about the wristbands? I've heard mm -hmm. people use those before. Is that, does that help? There, does that work? Yeah, there is some evidence that it can be beneficial. The studies, many of them show some improvement, but they're not great studies. But there's a pressure point on the wrist. And so acupressure or using a wristband that puts pressure in that location um, can be helpful. There's some evidence that acupuncture in that area can be helpful. And then um, there are actually um, electro stimulation bands. So it's like a TENS unit that people often use in other areas for pain. Um, but you can use that to stimulate that same location. Um, those are pretty expensive and, you know, they're variable in terms of whether they're effective for each person. So yeah. if it was a home run, I'd recommend everyone try it, but it's not always a home run. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Okay. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about if it does get more severe, we talked about the dehydration and and things like that. So at what point do we start to think, okay, maybe we should be calling our provider. Maybe this isn't something that I can manage anymore at home. Maybe the ginger tea is not helping. Maybe I'm trying to eat small meals and I can't keep anything down. At what point mm -hmm. is, is it that time to say, okay, the buck stops here. I need to call my provider. I feel like I can't manage this. Right. If you're not able to keep down fluids at a minimum, you should call your doctor to check in and make a plan. And sometimes that is a plan over the phone of 
starting some oh, some medications that are either over the counter or prescription, or that can be a plan of come into the office and we're going to evaluate you today, depending on the symptoms and the situation. Some people will be vomiting several times a day for days on end, and sometimes that's okay if they're able to keep enough calories down to maintain weight. But if you're losing weight, you definitely should be calling your provider for help to help treat those symptoms so you're not um, so sick. And, you know, our bodies are, are changing and going through so much with pregnancy. And then we add morning <laughs> sickness to it, of course. And so we're feeling nauseous, we're vomiting. But there's also a fine line of where the nausea and vomiting could actually be caused by something else. It might not be morning sickness. Mm-hmm. So what are some yes, of those warnings? Are. Yeah, the warning signs that we should be looking for. So if you are having um, a severe headache, that would be something that you'd want to um, come in about. If you're having a really rapid heart rate, that would be something you'd want to come in about. People who are having fainting uh, or pre-fainting symptoms would want to be coming in. Sometimes you can have swelling of your thyroid. That's going to be really uh, uncommon for you to notice on your own. Um, you'll be more likely to feel a rapid heart rate as a piece of that uh, thyroid problem, but that would be something else to come in for. And then what about if we've been free and clear, we haven't been feeling any of these symptoms, and then all of a sudden, later in, weeks down the road, we're starting to feel what we think is morning sickness, but it actually might be something else. Right. Um, nausea and vomiting that begins after nine weeks of pregnancy uh, is much less likely to be morning sickness. And so that would be another reason to call or come in. And if people have any questions or, um, you know, want to read any more information about maybe some of their symptoms or, or what they're feeling to see if that is morning sickness or if it's something else, where do you recommend them go to look for those that information? Well, the first thing I would recommend is calling your doctor. <laughs> now, we are all um, very plugged in to lots of information online, and there are some places that have great information and others that have uh, less um, accurate information. So I would always recommend calling the doctor's office first. Uh, there's really good information on most any concern in, for pregnancy or women's health on ACOG.org, so that's American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, A-C-O-G.org, and there are many patient pages for common um, issues and symptoms, including nausea and vomiting. Perfect. And then, of course, IntermountainHealthcare.org, they have some great resources when it comes to um, women and newborns and and all of that mm-hmm. as well, right? Yep. There, there are also information sheets on intermountain.org. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, Dr. Lane, we so appreciate you being with us and kind of just walking us through what um, some of the unfortunate sides of morning sickness look like, but then also some of the ways that we can uh, try to treat it or at least relieve it a little bit as well. So thank you so much for your time. Can and I that- add one more thing? Absolutely. <laughs> um, so there are a number of medications that we can use that are prescription medications to help with nausea and vomiting of pregnancy. And there is a lot of concern for new moms about taking any medication in pregnancy for fear that it will harm the the baby. And uh, there are a lot, because it's a common issue, there are lots of medications that we know good information about 
and they are safe. And so we have multiple options for treating nausea in pregnancy with prescription medications that you can take at home and prevent getting so sick that you need to come in for IV fluids or hospitalization. Yeah, oh, that is great. And yeah, like you said, I mean, there are, you know, so many women that are leery of taking anything while they're pregnant because they want to try to keep baby as safe as possible. But knowing that there is safe medication out there, um, I'm sure that is very helpful for a lot of women that experience morning sickness. I think it's one of the reasons people don't call is because they don't want to take a medication for fear. And um, so if you're feeling sick, call early, know that there are multiple options of prescription medications that are safe in addition to the -the over-the-counter options that your doctor can talk to you about. Yeah, that's, it's good to know because um, it can be so miserable for women at times. And it's good to know that there is relief for that. And yes. they, can, they can go on with their day-to-day while still keeping right. their baby safe and, and growing. So thank you so much right. for your time and, and for all of your information. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And that concludes the Baby Your Baby podcast. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.